Today we're talking about the five strangest habits of the INFJ that seem totally normal to us. It is once we actually start interacting with other people that we understand that the things that come completely normal to us don't seem so normal to other people. The latest in our early teens, maybe even earlier than that, we understand there's something about us that is different. And hopefully by the time you're watching this, you're an adult, you understand, okay, so I am different, so what? Like I have accepted that, that's all good. And it's actually on us to understand, okay, those are habits that I live out that are completely normal to me, but it's still something that seems weird to others. It seems strange. And once we understand that those things just seem strange to other people, we can then decide, is this something I want to share with others? Is this something that, you know, I should be ashamed of? Is this something that I should embrace? Of course, please embrace. But like, those are the questions we keep asking ourselves. And hopefully we've gotten to a place where we understand, yeah, that's who I am. That's what I like to do, like love it or leave, like that's it. And so today we're going to look into the five strangest habits of the INFJ that to us is everyday business. Before we get started, I want to remind you that the next round of the INFJ Epic Life Bootcamp launches November 4th. So join our amazing community of INFJs working on creating an INFJ Epic Life. In order to do so, I have created a quick checklist for you. First, download the free poster on the five pillars to an INFJ epic life. That's the basis of the bootcamp. Then join the waiting list in order to get access to the early bird prize and set a reminder for the free masterclass here on YouTube, November 4th. Everything you need to know, you can find in the links in the description. Strange habit number one we can live vicariously through others. So this is one of those habits that, you know, seem completely normal to us. We don't even think about it. But if we would tell that to other people, first, they would, you know, listen again if they heard us correctly. Second of all, it's not something that they understand because they have never lived that out. They have never experienced that. And on top of that, you know, they question why we're doing this. Like, doesn't this seem sort of like, weak? Doesn't this seem sort of, you know, stalking others? Like what's really going on? But the truth is this, we can understand other people's emotions. We can create emotions within them. This is what we're good at. FE extroverted feeling is our second function, meaning it's our creative function. A lot of times it sounds like, oh, we're really great at creating harmony. But guess what? We're also great at creating this harmony. We're also great at making people feel uncomfortable because we're so aware of what we can trigger in others. That's actually the reason why we don't do that very often. But because of that, we can also experience certain things through other people. And it's something that is so easily done. It's one of our, you know, hobbies, so to say. We lay back, we allow others to live out their music, to live out their passions, and we live vicariously through them. This is a habit. It's something that INFJs frequently do. And it's not something that, in my opinion, we should be ashamed of at all. But it's on us to understand it is a habit and it's a skill. It's not who we are. And sometimes it is not the right path to go because no matter how well you can experience this, you know, excitement that they're going through, it will always be limited to what they want to experience. Yes, you can influence that. But in the end of the day, if you want to create something that feels totally you and you want to experience life fully, you won't get it through living out vicariously through others. 
it's again a nice hobby it's something that we do it's you know a perfect thing we can do when we relax when we're around friends like please allow others to you know be the hosts be the ones who create the atmosphere and enjoy that but that's what it is let's not make this the basis of our life and how we experience life because we're actually limiting how well we can experience life, how well it actually works into who we really are and what we want. You know, in the end, when it comes to this, it always starts with you taking action on what you want and understanding what you want. That's actually what the bootcamp is all about. So, you know, if you haven't definitely download the poster so you understand more of what that concept is, but the main point here is it's a habit. It's something that we do all the time if we want to, but it's all that it should be. It's a habit, it's a skill, it's not who we are. Habit number two, we're addicted to our imagination. So because we can experience emotions through others, we can also experience a lot of joy, hate, excitement, you know, intensity through the things that we imagine. That's just how we're built. Like that's also the reason why we can live out, you know, vicariously through others. We can create that emotion within us. And so often we have such a hit of dopamine or whatever it may be through imagining something that we're not even taking the action to make it really happen because the imagination of it already gives us so much. That's actually one of the reasons why INFJs tend to be, you know, cerebral beings, why we don't tend to take action all the time, because we already get the feedback from our mind of, ah, oh, this feels good. Just the fact that I imagined it, that I think I can do it. And this habit can be one of our great indicators of what we want, because we can understand, oh, I can create this emotion on my own. I can imagine something. And because I can imagine it, I can create the emotion I want. And it's such a genius process that it just allows us to create the reality we want more and more. But there's one missing piece here, and we just have to be aware of that. If we only stay in the state of imagination, it never gets beyond of what we can currently imagine. That's just a fact. Because if it would work, I would never even mention it. Like I used to live in this understanding of, oh, why create things in the real world? My imagination is all that I need. But in the end, I wasn't happy and I wasn't living out the life I wanted because the discrepancy between what is going on in my mind and what is going on in reality became bigger and bigger. And at some point I just had to face the truth, which is I don't like the way I'm living. I don't like what I'm doing every day. I don't like my relationships. And that's the moment I had to change. And once you understand this, you can actually use the fact that you can create those emotions within you, that you're addicted to imagination as like one of your biggest skill set. But the best way to utilize that is to combine it with action. I always say we as INFJs, we don't have to do all the things. We just have to do the right things. So if you keep on taking action on the things that are important to you that you can imagine and you make them reality, I promise you, you will get to a different space in the real world. And because of that, you can then imagine the next best thing. So it actually enables you to dream even more. And so taking action, combining it with your skill set of imagination is really the gold ticket. And that's actually what my entire teaching is all about, is to allow you to bring that imagination to life. Strange habit number three, we are the master of our own pace. See, that's something that a lot of INFJs aren't aware of, but you understand it once you're around people who get really 
taken by, you know, how fast others are doing things. So they get pulled into a pace that isn't natural for them. And so they keep doing things that make them burn out or get in situations that they don't want. But we as INFJs, we're really the master of our own pace. Like this is something that we're always going to have authority over. It's our pace and that's it. I decide how fast I go. I decide how fast I think. I decide, you know, in what kind of direction my thoughts are going. Like I decide what pace this entire thing is going to happen in. And this is something that seems very normal to us. Trust me, it's not normal to others. They look at us and they wonder how we're able to stay this persistent in our own pace when nobody else seems to do that. So it really seems like everybody is going like this and we're just floating like that. Sometimes we're doing things quickly. Sometimes we're doing things slowly, but our internal pace is always something we decide. And so it's important for us to become aware of that because then we firstly understand that this is not something everybody's in charge of. So other people will get triggered to change their pace in a way that is not healthy for them. How we might get triggered to, you know, change other things about ourselves that aren't healthy. But when it comes to our pace, we're always the master of it. And it's one of those things, once we start not only accepting it, but embracing it, it allows us to actually move forward and create the results that we want without looking left and right how fast others are moving. Because looking left and right and wondering why people are, you know, running so much is actually keeping us from like looking at what our next step is. If you understand that your pace is always going to be in alignment with what makes sense to you, what makes you feel the best, then it's just like the element you move in. You're somebody who moves in water when others might be moving in air. That's just the given and it's okay. And it's about time that we stop asking ourselves, why am I swimming in the water when others are flying in the air, but rather focus on how we can improve our swimming abilities. Strange habit number four, we like to fix others. So this is something where you might say, okay, doesn't everybody have this? No, they don't. Second of all, people who like to fix others, it's always in different categories. Some people like to fix others as in like, you know, how can I make their life easier? As in I cook for them, I make their life easier in such, you know, real world scenarios. The way we like fixing others is to understand what they're missing psychologically. It's to understand, okay, they feel weak in this one area, so I will help them make that happen. It's, you know, I'm going to be their biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be their counselor. And the strange thing about this is that this doesn't feel like a choice to us. So if we see somebody around us and they need help, and it seems like I'm the only one who sees that they need help, I don't have another choice but to help them. The challenge with this is that we do this very often, even at the expense of our own well-being. I've done this. A situation like this was actually the reason why I completely changed my life, why I started this channel, you know, 10 years ago, because I was willing to really give up everything that I am, like really dim my light completely because being myself triggered that other person that I wanted to help and wanted to fix. And through that, I understood two things. First off, I love helping others. I just have to find the right outlet for it, an outlet that is healthy. Don't do this with people who first and foremost are not asking for it. They don't want your help. 
even if you think you can help them and they don't want your help, you won't be able to help them. And second of all, do it in a way that has a healthy boundary. So if you're with somebody and you think, okay, we're friends and they think I'm their friend and we're on eye level, but you're actually looking at it as in, I'm your mentor, I'm going to help you out of that, you're going to run into trouble. I know that you want to help people. I know that you want to fix some things that is going on because you're the only one who can see that, but find healthy outlets for it. Because if you do it at the expense of your own well-being, you won't be able to do this to the best of your abilities for a long time because you just won't have anything left to give. Strange habit number five, we're addicted to understanding others' motives and mindsets. So it really is this addiction part that is the strange habit in it all. So if you have a situation that you just cannot read, it's something that can drive us crazy. It's something where we are not going to let this go unless we're really, really conscious about it. There are a lot of reasons for it. Like first and foremost, it's because this is the typical NITI loop. We want to understand something. It doesn't make sense. That person said this, that person said that. That means that person wants this outcome, but they're not acting this way. Why not? These kind of scenarios can drive us crazy and it's not just because we want to help the other person, it's because it doesn't work with the way our system has been built up. We are great at pattern recognition. We create a world where these things make sense and this person's behavior just doesn't make sense. And it's this addiction to understanding that makes us keep going. And it makes us question things that we have already figured out. Like you are really great at pattern recognition. If you don't get it right away, chances are that there's some kind of mistake in your interpretation of the situation. I used to hold on to things forever, right? Typical NITI loop. And I understood the only way for me to get out of that is to step out of it completely. Meaning I go into the extroverted world. I start expressing myself. I start living things out. I have to take a step back and understand that yes, I have a fixation on understanding others, but I'm not getting anywhere. And I'm definitely not going to get anywhere if I you know, put my heels into it and if I just try to understand it even better. You don't have any new information and you're not going to get it by digging deeper because there's something really evident that we're just not getting and that's okay. Like we have our own things going on. There are reasons why we may not want to see the truth, but it's also okay for us to recognize, yes, it's a habit. Yes, it's something that I'm addicted to. I want to understand certain things. And the fact that we want to understand things and that we want to understand others is a great skill set. but just don't make it all that you are. Take your losses, understand if I don't get a situation right away and it's not something that I can just learn more about, like I've really taken my time and it still doesn't make sense, take a step back, go express yourself, go start living for yourself. And trust me, you will get into situations again where you can live out this habit of wanting to understand and getting to understand people's mindsets and motivations. 
Remember, if you want to join our amazing community of INFJs who are building their INFJ Epic Life, then join the next live round of the INFJ Epic Life Bootcamp, which launches November 4th. So make sure to download the free poster on the five pillars to an INFJ Epic Life. Join the waiting list to get access to the early bird prize and set a reminder for the free masterclass here on YouTube November 4th. Everything you need to know you can find in the links in the description. And if you want to watch another video now that is in line with today's topic, then watch the video on the five hobbies INFJs love but aren't aware of.